This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, the latest on the flooding situation. I don't know if it's actually the latest, but it's a story that's interesting. Uh, you know how FEMA has all has been talking about how they're really getting it together. Really, since uh, the Hurricane Katrina debacle, they've really changed things around there at mm, FEMA, and they've yeah. gotten their S together, so to speak. So let's see exactly how that's uh, shaken out for people here. According to the Associated Press, Gulfport, Illinois, where, as you may be aware, there's been some pretty severe flooding going on the last several days. I don't know what the situation is today, but at least over the weekend, it was supposedly pretty bad. Uh, I haven't honestly haven't checked in on it today, but Julie Parks didn't worry when water began creeping up the levee that shields this town of about 750 from the Mississippi River. Not even when volunteers began piling on sandbags. This again, Gulfport, Illinois. After all, local officials had assured townspeople in 1999 that the levee was sturdy enough to withstand a historic flood, and FEMA had agreed. In fact, some relieved homeowners dropped their flood insurance, and others applied for permits to build new houses and businesses. Then on Tuesday, the worst happened. The levee burst, and Gulfport was submerged in 10 feet of water. Mm-hmm. Only 28 property owners in the city were insured against the damage. They all told us, the levees are good. You can go ahead and build, said Parks, who didn't buy flood coverage because her bank no longer required it. She says, we had so much confidence in those levees. Around the country, thousands of residents who relied on risk maps from the Federal Emergency Management Agency may unknowingly face similar dangers. People put all their hopes in those levees, and when they do fail, the damage is catastrophic, said a representative of the National Flood Insurance Program. New Orleans is the epitome. A lot of those people didn't even realize they were in a floodplain until the water was up to their roofs. Mike Buckley, FEMA Deputy Assistant Administrator, said agency officials encourage everyone to buy federal flood insurance and have never claimed that levees eliminate the risk of flooding. We would never say that. But now, amid the disastrous flooding across Iowa, Illinois, and Missouri, some policymakers are demanding the government come up with more accurate, up-to-date flood risk assessments, inform the public better of the dangers, and require nearly all homeowners to buy coverage if they live near dams or levees. FEMA relies on outside engineers whose job it is to certify whether a levee can withstand a 100-year flood that is a flood so big that it has only a 1% chance of happening in any given year. If FEMA agrees with the certification, then the homes and businesses protected by the levee are not considered to be in a floodplain. That means that homeowners living there don't have to buy federal flood insurance. However, some FEMA floodplain maps... Hold on. If you're in the 1%, you don't have to buy... No, what we're talking about no, is... No, if, if you're in the 1%, if, if, if only, is it only if a 100-year flood... Can, um, can, can the levee stand a 100-year flood or not? Um, that's what my That's what is. they are supposed to be certifying. Okay. If the levee can withstand said 100-year flood. Okay. So the homeowners there don't have to buy the flood insurance. However, some FEMA floodplain maps are 20 years old or seri- and seriously outdated based on old evaluations of levees and river conditions. FEMA, which administers the National Flood Insurance Program, has spent almost a billion dollars to modernize maps, which they say are for insurance purposes, 
not to indicate if people are safe. You know, um, the when they when they say that FEMA has spent almost a billion dollars, you know, they they make it seem like that's uh, somehow comparable to the insurance industry spending almost a billion dollars, and it's right. not. No. When FEMA spends a billion dollars, it's just frittered away. I don't have any idea where it goes, and you know, in in government speak, it's probably you, you might get fifteen cents on the dollar. Oh um, yeah, comparatively. And, and you know what I love? There's a little twist on this story too about Chris Dodd. I don't know if you noticed that one, but. Uh, Chris Dodd is out there saying that uh, he wants to make sure that people who live in floodplains are required yeah. to carry insurance. Yep, that actually which, was coming up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to jump no, ahead okay. there, but you know, this whole thing they they make it they make it terrible by doing something completely anti-economic, anti-freedom by taking people's tax money to give uh, special flood insurance and and special buyouts to people who get flooded. Then and it's you know it's patently unconstitutional, patently anti-economic, patently un- unethical. And then if people are going to live in those areas, regardless of whether they're going to possibly sign on in the future for this uh, immoral, unethical federal aid, Chris Dodd now wants to require them because the federal aid is out there and they have all these screw ups. He wants to require them to have to get the insurance just in case. So if you live there, you're going to be forced to. Thanks to Chris Dodd. Well, the whole thing is just messed up. I mean, the, the, the flood insurance program is a federal program. I mean, can you buy private flood insurance? Yeah. Presumably you can. You can. Sure. And, and what's fascinating is just a couple of weeks ago, there were some, some agencies that were no longer going to charge, you know, they were raising their rates or they weren't going to insure in these dangerous areas, in the flood areas, right? All state and all these other companies, they got burned, they really screwed up, and they, they had to pay out to all these different people. So they said, you know what, we're going to have to raise our rates or we're just not going to issue insurance. The federal government is coming through, and a couple of weeks ago, they passed the Federal Reinsurance Act for flood for flooding. For, and reinsurance is the insurance that insurance companies get. And so what does that mean? So what basically what it means is the insurance companies, they know that by issuing X number of policies in a certain area, they're, they're accepting a certain amount of risk. Their sure. actuarials okay. look at it, and they, you know, they look at this. Now, a buddy of mine actually works for the number one reinsurance company in the country, uh, in the world. And uh, he wrote a paper when he was at NYU studying with some free market ec- economists about how bad an idea it would be because the federal government is now going to give less than market rates to the regular insurance companies to allow those people to get their insurance for less than what they would pay for the private insurance that they would have to get, their reinsurance. So they're undercutting. Yes, they're subsidizing all state and all these other companies now because of the problems they run into. See now, and and these are these are the things that bother me. Okay, the richer you, in, in a lot of ways, in a lot of places in the country, rich people live near the water, and yes. the the homes get of, of more value the closer you get to that water. So here we are subsidizing uh, insurance rich. for rich people, yeah, yeah, and that stinks. And if you decide you want to live someplace where it's, oh, I don't know, like New Orleans, some places it's 10, belie- t- um, 10 feet below sea level. I mean, that sounds crazy to me. I don't see any reason why my tax dollars, which is what we're talking about here, my tax dollars go to insure the in- insurance company so they can insure these people who want to live there. Yes, I'm sure New Orleans is rich in history. I love jazz music, too. That doesn't have anything to do with me having to rebuild this, uh, the, this place that's 10 feet below uh, sea level. And, it, you know, I don't see any reason they should be taking my money to do it. It's ludicrous. Look, if I wanted to build my house at the end of a chain hanging off the end of a cliff, would I be crazy? 
Should should the American public insure my dumb butt for doing it? it reminds me of you know with George Carlin dying last night. It reminds me of a, a piece that, that was on YouTube of George Carlin on the View with all the numbskull women who were hosting that show, and they're out there asking him questions. And he talks about the fires out west last fall. Mm-hmm. He says, "Hey, let them burn." Those people go and they build and they rebuild in those areas. There are always cyclical fires there. They go in there, and of course, underlying that, what's not spoken, is that we're subsidizing those people to go live there. The federal government pays for those people to go back and rebuild. Hmm. Or now, the insurance companies will give these people lower rates because the insurance company is going to be subsidized. Rather than going to a private reinsurance company for their insurance, the insurance company will be insured by the federal government, by us. So I'm just looking at this story here again from the uh, from the Associated Press about the failures of uh, FEMA in, in regards to the flooding situation. It, it, they're talking about how some of these floodplain maps are 20 years old, seriously outdated. Now FEMA's saying they're trying to modernize its maps, but clearly the job's not complete on that yet. And it sounds like the insurance companies are relying on the FEMA maps to determine whether or not oh, they insure. Wow. And so... It just inspires laziness all around. Right. They might as well because the government's going to come in there and save their butts anyway. Look what happened with uh, with New Orleans. We're paying to the, where the insurance companies should be paying to rebuild New Orleans if that's the yeah, case. And you know this is like the physical equivalent of the FDIC and savings and loan crap that happened in the late '80s. They raised the threshold in the late '80s for savings and loan insurance up to over a hundred thousand dollars. So the banks gave out a bunch of reckless loans, and then when all those loans defaulted, they turned to who? The federal government. Right back, yeah. It's just a nasty situation we're dealing with. The government is so in, ingrained yeah. in this particular industry. It's just awful. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Calls are loaded up. You can call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo and prove they listen to the show. Just head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com, and Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. To your phone calls, we go. We'll start with Paul in Illinois. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Well, thank you. Hey, Paul, um, what's on your mind tonight? Thank you. Um, what's on the mind is, um, well, I, I, I'm, I'm a teacher of uh, English for 16 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I do have a big problem with uh, No Child Left Behind. Yeah, very nice. I have a big uh, problem with government education. Yes. All right. All right. <laughs> so do I. Good. And so I, I don't think we're going to have to argue over that. All right. So what's because up? Because my, my curriculum has been cut in half, literally. And what, what, I, what I find that I'm doing is teaching my kids for a test, which, you know, okay, fine. You know, uh, I think most of America would agree uh, we're 
we're not teaching our kids to read or write correctly. And maybe maybe there's some truth in that. Um, but at the same time, we're teaching our kids to be culturally illiterate. I mean, when I get to uh, even in the beginning, you know, where I'm, I'm where it's religion, you know, that's fine. Um, most of the kids don't have a problem with that. I'm not sure I understood what you just said. When you, I'm sorry, Paul. Paul, I don't, I don't think I understood what you just said. When you, when you said you're teaching your kids the beginning religion, I missed. What were you saying there? Well, I mean, anything in in the original text of of our American uh, text, it's religious. You know, it's Pilgrim's Progress. What what he's saying is, is he's saying that he teaches not just English, he teaches literature also. And um, when you read uh, early Puritan type documents, that's largely what they talk about. Yeah, it's 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 totally religious. Okay, and you're saying you can't teach that anymore? Is that the idea? Um, Well, um, my point is, with No Child Left Behind, we I have had to cut my curriculum. From Amer- you know, uh, basically 11th grade American lit mm-hmm. in half. So um, they're becoming. Maybe we're trying to teach them for this no child left behind test that we meet. We meet AYP annual yearly progress, uh, but at the same time, we're teaching them to be culturally illiterate. Okay, so let me see. There's two themes here. Let me see if I've got it straight. Theme number one is since the no child left behind thing, your curriculum has been cut in half, meaning that you, prior to no child left behind, had a certain amount of stuff you taught in a given year's time, and then since no child left behind, you now only have time to teach half of what you originally had time to teach because half of your time is now spent teaching to these tests. I'm trying to make up for 11 years of, um, well, I'm not going to say neglect because... I guarantee if anyone out there wants to go into, and I live in Illinois, go into any state, look up any state uh, school, and there are about 500 of them, and I guarantee you're going to find that you're going to see from the third, fifth, sixth, eighth grade, uh, their score is going to be up around 80%. And then suddenly... When they get to the 11th grade, they're going to be dropping down to into the 50s, and we're not going to be making AYP, annual yearly progress, and that means that... Now, why is it why is it that you're saying the scores will be dropping after the, the 11th grade? Well, that's my good, that's a good question. Um, all, you know, as an 11th grade teacher for years, uh, two things happen. One... It's a combination that 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 test grade combination is one fifty percent reading on the ACT and fifty percent on what's called um, work keys, and so they combine the two and come up come up with some formula. And, and and they will not share that they will not share that formula with you. I have had who who is they? I'm sorry, I'm having a a real lot of trouble understanding uh, exactly they, what you're getting at. Maybe because I went to government school. ISBE. Yeah, it's Board of Education. Okay. And I have had English teachers, or I'm sorry, 
math teachers who have gone to seminars and they asked them, well, how, how do you compute this? And they said, well, it's, it's beyond you. And they're like, uh, excuse me, we're, we're math teachers. Uh, we teach calculus. So we know how to calculate and figure So the score out. that you're talking about is some sort of score of uh, that the kids get when they take these standardized tests and you're saying yeah. it it goes down as uh, the, the kids get older? Well, all I know is that apparently the State Board of Education is playing with it. They're every, playing with the numbers. And, and right now, like I said, uh, and I can get, I, I can guarantee you, if anyone were to go into any district in Illinois, look up their test scores, they'll find from third grade to fifth grade to sixth grade to eighth grade, you know, up around 80, 80 70, 80 percent, and then suddenly they'll start dropping down into the 50s and even the 40s. Right. I don't think so you've really explained what, why that what, is. What is the reason? Why would they screw with the scores to give elementary schools more money and middle schools more money and then um, high schools less money, right? I mean, that's what happens with these standardized tests is it, it decides so, how much money the school gets. Is that, that not correct? That's the question we're all asking. But as, an, as a high school English teacher, um, it's a very scary thing. Why, why is it scary? scary thing. And And... They can take away your job. If for and what? If you don't make it for two, two years, after two years not making quote AYP mm-hmm. annual yearly progress, uh, what happens is the school is mandated to send out to every other district um, to let them know that your child is allowed to go to that district. Yeah, they can go to other the districts. Is, the problem is. Mm-hmm. No district, at least where I am, is making. We're, they're they're all failing. The ones right. who are making it. They're all failing. I see. Okay. So so and thank well, you for the yeah, call yeah, tonight, Paul. I certainly appreciate hearing I mean, from you. The, Let me see if I can. Thank you, by the way, Paul, for the the call tonight. Let me see if I can summarize all this as as I understand it, because really was confusing. Um, so there's this new child left behind. It's resulted in him not being able to teach what he wanted to teach. Uh, apparently, statewide. Test scores have been going down and down, and that means that they could face some sort of punishment for that. You know, it's all a lot of detail, and well, I, I, think, no, I think most people agree that No Child Left Behind kind of stinks. Right, but I mean, all of this comes from government control of education. Right. I don't have to be concerned with how Walmart does their business or how Target does their business, and I really could give a damn about how the schools do their business too. There's so much detail, and it's just it's all very confusing to me. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. All terms used to describe Dan Carlin earlier in his career. The Angry Young Wolf. You deny others their freedom and they're going to deny you yours. Mussolini on the veranda. I'm a longtime proponent, ladies and gentlemen, that fighting war should be a pain in the ass. A big windbag who just likes to hear himself talk. Let's hook that area on American culture and give those fanatics something to really deal with. You think you're tough? Take on Britney Spears. You think you're tough? Take on MTV. It's Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there on the front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. So enjoy all that on us. In Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tad Galahad goes to hell. In hell, he finds nanobots, killbots, kill sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com to read it all, or at least all that's been released, because it's not all been released yet. No. I understand. Uh, that's freedom-engineering.com. So I want to get back to the calls here in a moment, but... I thought it was just me, and apparently it wasn't. You guys were as uh, d- dumbfounded by that last caller as I was. Yeah. Uh, the chat room wasn't getting it either, and I felt like I felt like I was kind of zombified. Maybe it was the weekend, too much fun <laughs> yesterday or something. I thought maybe I was the only one that wasn't understanding well, what this like, guy was getting at. I liked getting how at, you but... went and you said, well, hold on, I, I'm a little confused here, and you asked him to start again. Because you could tell, it's like, am I missing something? I think there's probably nothing less riveting or, or and it, you know it's difficult because the guy works in that profession than hearing teachers talk about all the bureaucratic hoops yeah. that itself is probably the lesson to be drawn out of this it, that it, what we were hearing was the practical bureaucratic day-to-day I didn't want to tell him I didn't want to be rude and tell him I didn't care because you know he wasn't being mean no, he wasn't no. being combative and he, he, he had, had a something, hard time right he I had can, something he wanted to share that he thought was really important and I wanted to see I wanted him to get that out so well, it was understandable but it just it just didn't work. It was just a train wreck. I don't know. I don't know whether I agree entirely. Um, and I'll, I'll give you. I mean, I could have been mean, the, and it would have turned it into much more the, entertaining. Some of the right, absolutely. Some of the, but there was no, there's no reason to because essentially early on he's like, look, we're not. I don't want to argue with you about whether or not uh, you know the government should be involved in school or not. And basically, he was dealing in reality. And I'll, I'll admit some of the things that he was talking was talking about were not riveting radio. I'll give you that. Um, but. I think that you know he was he was calling in a bureaucrat complaining about bureaucracy, essentially, and 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 I think that one can take away from that that bureaucracy sucks even for the bureaucrats, and this yeah, is what kills the spirit. Yeah. This is what happens to people, unfortunately, and I'm not saying it's happening. Right, they're to him so worried about yet. their AYPs and the IEDs uh, right. that they can't get any teaching. That's done. what he's incentivized to do. Here's a guy who wants to teach literature to our kids. Isn't that great? I mean, do you want to teach literature to 11th graders? I would rather stab myself in the eye with an ice pick. But you, you know, know, you know, this shows but the he face. he wants of, to do that. Like one of the, one of the things that I wanted to sort of derive from it is how is this affecting you know people who are 20 some 25 years younger than I am now. These kids who are in school, you know, what's the deal with these government schools, the bureaucratic mess? You know, it's the nature of government to not be able to get anything done efficiently, and yet people, some for some reason, consistently say, we've got to expand government scope. So you've got local schools now, they can't make their decisions because the state bureaucracy is all over mm-hmm. them. And then the state bureaucracy, they can't make decisions because the federal bureaucracy is all over them. I mean, how far out do you have to go? These are kids sitting in a class, you get some books, you you pay somebody who's good at teaching them, and you offer competition with other people who could teach the kids. In a few years, you'll be very, very quickly know who the good ones are and who the bad ones are, and the kids will benefit from it. 
that's the problem, is what it comes down to is kids aren't being taught because this guy's got to go through all this rigmarole. I don't know whether you'll find out whether or not teachers are good or bad as a result. Um, in the same way that uh, I don't know that we found out that McDonald's hamburgers are good or bad. I think we found out that McDonald's the can, know. The can successfully yeah. deliver a hamburger very, very well. Um, okay. can, like, we'll say, we'll say whether them. the customers have decided whether they are good for them mm-hmm. in, in their decision-making process. And, and I think that I think that you know that that's absolutely true. That that if we got the government completely out of education, um, that that's so. And I don't think that the caller was disputing that at all. I think right. that what his you know he, what what his concern was. Look, tomorrow I'm going to go back to school, and I'm going to be under this bureaucratic anvil that's pushing me down and weighing me down. And all this uh, rigmarole about we should get rid of the schools isn't going to help me tomorrow. And I don't. And I don't know what. Ain't to nothing going to help you right. tomorrow. The only thing I can say is, well, you know, it's that's that's what it's like working for the government. Now we yeah. know. You know, it bugs me so much. Uh, and I, I I touched on this, but I was still reeling from the call, so I don't know how coherent I was in in communicating it. But from time to time, I'll listen to the local talk shows here in Keene, and mm-hmm. there's this one particular show on Saturdays called Talkback. Where basically it's the politicos, uh, the you know the, the politicians they get on the air and then politicos call in and it's all you know it's kind of like a political wank fest, <laughs> and uh, and normally I mean it seems like almost all most of the time they're talking about education and they're talking about all the uh, the detail that has to do with oh we're going to look at this building this new school and there's these budgets we have to do the school board and uh, money and all these details the AYPs and the CYDs and the uh, you know all of these bureaucratic uh, alphabet agency kind of things thrown in there and it's it's also insider it's also um complex and there's just so much going on. You could you could spend all of your free time following the government school system yeah. and all the mandates yeah. and all the things that are coming down the pipe. And they, and they literally spend two hours talking about education on the radio. And I I've called before and I've said this is the most boring topic. <laughs> right. It's and, so dull. Well, yeah. let me let me help you focus like a laser here. What um what you were saying and what makes perfectly good sense is education's an important product. But then again, so is house building. Yeah. How often do the bureaucrats get on and talk about house building? Well, they don't. Only when they want to regulate to create a... House building is um, handled by the free market. Food is very important. How right. often do they get, a, get on and talk about what grocery stores yeah. do? They don't. I don't need to know, uh, you know, Price Chopper, the grocery store around here. I don't need to know what time the trucks are going to come in on Saturday and right. who's going to offload the trucks right. and who's so stocking the shelves. Is, is, what you have in, in the form of the voting public is a bunch of of amateurs, like completely uninformed dolts, mm. deciding who is going, or you know, who's going to represent them in dealing with this problem. And uh, you know, quite frankly, I don't think that the uh, the price chopper would be better off if the um, if the customers or the bag boys got to vote on who was the manager of the store. Yeah. I think that you would probably find uh, you know a, a much more mediocre store there. Yeah. The fact is, I don't need to know about this stuff in order to get my child educated or uh, you know the the community at large educated. This is a stupid conversation because education is simply a product. It's a product for adults. If I want to go back and get my MBA because MBAs make more money, fine. I'm going to go to the place that offers me the MBA that's best for me. 
there's lots of them out there. Yeah. However, when it comes to public schools, somehow or another, it's so important to educate the children. But everybody has to get in and make decisions together democracy Right, democracy and so style. therefore, what do you end up with? You end up with the worst oatmeal of a, of, of a, yeah. of a system. Just, just this pablum, this, this boring, mediocre And it never crap. ends. And it never it's ends. It's never They're, going they're to end always... because everybody's got an opinion right. and they all stink. Right, well, and there, yeah. there's always new ideas on the uh, the table as far as what they want to do with the stolen money that they take from uh, from taxpayers. And there's never an end to the debate about which way the the school system should go. And it's just, it's maddening to listen to it all. Yeah, and you know, my dad used to say that socialism is always shooting towards equality. Socialism is they always want everybody to be equal. And he said, it's the equality of misery is what it is. It's lowest common denominator, it, you know, and I I hate to I'll, I'll turn to to Carlin again actually. You know, George Carlin used to say there are a lot of stupid people out there. Now, whether there are a lot of stupid people or not that many stupid people, if you have to cater to the lowest common denominator because you feel that that's the good thing to do in government, that sort of thing, you're going to water it down for everybody. And just like in Brazil, you're going to restrict the, the movie Brazil or in uh, in uh, some of Vonnegut's writing like uh, uh, Bergeron, Harrison yeah. Bergeron, you're going to restrict the good ones from being able to do anything better. Right. If we were all um, equal in the area of transportation, we would all walk. Yeah. Because yeah. there's somebody out there that walks, and we have to drag it down so that every – you're not going to be able to make the – perhaps we could walk quickly. Well, it's not fair. The one guy gets a portion, right. another guy Maybe gets he'll walk Nissan. a little more quickly. We'll all get roller skates. Instead of driving around in our cars, everybody's got a, one, one roller skate. How about Yugos? That's what they had, uh, Volgas and Yugos in Russia. Yeah, one you, car. You would aspire to a Yugo. Right. More coming up here. You can take control of the airwaves. The toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. There are whole whole bunch of stuff, uh, products that you can buy at Amazon. Over 41 categories to shop in. Free Super Saver shipping on a whole bunch of items. And Free Talk Live gets a cut. That's the best part for us. Of course, you get the products you need and delivered quick. Even the uh, even the ground shipping comes relatively fast with Amazon. Yeah. So you know, great. since we just had an English teacher um, call in, uh, I, I just want to make sure that you understand that the products are de- delivered quickly. <laughs> yeah, is that right? Okay, whatever, man. I went to government school. Cut me a break. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. school, damn it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so we continue here. Uh, Amazon.freetalklive.com, great place to go and buy Gardner Goldsmith's book, hey. Live Free or Die. Yes, yes. You can order it right Where through there. Where all your adverbs are delivered properly. Yeah, I hope Properly. so. There yes, you go. Yeah. I certainly hope so. Man, Mark, lolly, you're quite the See, I got it all from Schoolhouse Rock, baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shoot. All right, let's... Schoolhouse Rock. Is wonderful. It's Let's continue, cool. and uh, we get calls here. Let's talk to Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Yeah, good evening, guys. Uh, we just found out that this uh, MRSA has spread all the way across the uh, eastern part of the United States. What is this? MRSA. MRSA and, uh, they said that there is no medicine for this. What is it? MRSA? Uh, it's, it's a, a disease you usually get at hospitals. Section. What is it? it was, 
What is it? Caused by the, yeah, they believe that a lot of it was blown from the storms from Iowa because they're using these on the farms and on the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the cattle farms and all this. MRSA. How, how do you spell that, Paula? Do you know? M E R S A, just like it sounds. Okay, and you're saying this MRSA. is some sort of disease that's spreading from person to yeah, person? Yeah, it's, it's, it's all the way up to Virginia already. But anyway, yeah, and what happens? Is, to, what happens to the people that have the uh, the MRSA? Okay, I'm gonna explain what happens. Okay, right. you either have. A, uh, you're throwing up or you have the diarrhea and you have a fever. Oh, or pleasant. you have just the diarrhea and fever. But there is no medicine. You're going to have to stay on liquids. The doctors are going crazy. They don't even know what to do. Nobody does. But anyway, they found out from the mm. guy that had it. The rescue was out here to check my husband because he had it. And now the funny thing is it's only hitting certain people. They said everybody's DNA is a little different. Wait a minute. Wasn't said, wasn't your husband and yourself dying from uh, some sort of fecal poisoning the other day when you called MRSA in? That's what MRSA is. Oh, it's this oh. Is what it was. Oh, okay. Uh, Stick okay. with this was, stuff, man. I don't think she mentioned the MRSA thing the last she time she called. She absolutely did yeah. mention MRSA. Well, anyway, the the rescue uh-huh. guy he had it for a week, and the officer that was here he had it for a month. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And the thing is, you've got to stay on liquids. You cannot eat because it just makes it worse. And you've mm. got to let it die out, and by starving it, staying on liquids, make sure that your stomach doesn't get antacid, okay, or get over acid, and take an antacid to uh, help with this. But anyway, make sure you get your, your electrolytes, like in Gatorade, you know, or these uh, type of drinks, or also make sure you take some vitamin minerals. But anyway, the thing is, you've got to starve it out. That's the only way to kill it out. You have to starve it. Paul, did you have to go to the hospital or anything, or did you just some do it in have. Some people have already died from it. Whoa. It says got, here on um, on Medopedia.com, it says it's actually MRSA, which is a staph skin infection. No, this is intestinal infection. Well, right. well wait a minute then. Is it? Now, you're saying anyway. this is intestinal, but the uh, the website's saying this is a skin no, infection. This, this is intestinal. But anyway, mm. uh, the thing is, uh, you've got to, uh, like I said, you've got to starve it out. And the only way you can do this is to stay on the liquids. Okay? I don't know about that. And uh, anyway, they've... they've that doesn't like, sound too safe to me. And they said one person will have it, but nobody else does. I don't and know, Paula. Start- I mean, I appreciate you calling in. And if this is really a problem, then people need yeah, to be yeah, aware of it. But D- I don't know if they should really trust your information when well, the, uh, the Internet to, says we've differently. We've already talked to DEP. They know about this. We've already talked to EPA. They know yeah. about it. And we've we contacted representatives. And um, the governor's on it now. And, okay. And uh, we've gotten in touch with... Um, well, so yeah, a lot of other people about this. So you're saying that you are more credible, Paula, than Medopedia.com? I'm you the information that we have on this, okay? Yeah. I I'm just saying that maybe your this. information's a little wrong. That's all. That's no, all. No, it's not. The no, I know of two people not. that have this. They first got it. They were driving these trucks that were hauling this. Mm. Hauling and this Marissa. stuff is leaking out all over the roads. When they carry it, it's in open trucks. Yeah. I think you're a little confused. I I mean, I don't claim to be a doctor or anything or know anything really about this. We've already talked to medical people about this. The the NIH and CDC, they said there is nothing they can do. Did you spell it right when I asked you to spell it? M-E-R-S-A? MRSA. Yeah, MRSA. I typed that in to Google and came up with Medopedia.com, and then you can go to, you know, there's a few different things you can look at here, uh, and it's anyway, saying from, pretty clear here, Paula, that this is a skin situation. No, uh, it's an intestinal infection. All right. But the thing is, is that um, we already have a gentleman that has it, and he's already been, you know, told about it, and the doctors, they were so scared to even take a blood test because they were so afraid that they would get this. But the thing is, they said everybody's DNA is a little different, and they said some people are more susceptible this than to us. Uh, Paula, what would it, what would it take to convince you that you are wrong and that MRSA is we actually want, a skin infection? About this. 
I, I understand that you've talked to some people, but there's a chance no, that I've they talked, were wrong. I've, ta- I've talked to medical people about this, okay? Isn't there a chance that those people are wrong, too? No. Maybe wrong. they maybe they thought anyway, you meant something we know, else. We know what's causing, okay? And this stuff has been spread. So how do you find out when you've got it? What are the symptoms? I just told you, you have, you're throwing up or you have the diarrhea and you have a very high fever. Sounds or like the flu the to me. And a high fever. How do you know it's not the flu? It's not the flu. We know what it is. an intestinal infection. All right. It's a viral infection. There you go. Thanks for the call, Paula. I'm sure okay. people will be on the lookout for that because um, maybe there is an intestinal infection going around. I don't know. But if it's yeah. an intestinal infection, it's not called MRSA because according to... Unless their bodies Google. are inside out, and then it could become like a skin staff infection if you're like turned inside out. Well, that's or, what it is. It's a it's a it's a staff infection. I'm I'm looking at a picture of it here. It's yeah. right there on the skin. I'm, it looks kind of nasty. It's, nah, it's definitely not too attractive. Yeah. Well, um, my experience with MRSA is it's generally you contract it at hospitals, and uh, mm. it, yeah, look, it, it is a skin thing. Um, like you'll get it from operations. Just because they, you know, the fact is people go and die there. Very sick people are there. I thought Mercer was that guy all the conservatives were angry at because he said Marines killed people in Iraq. I thought that was the deal with Mercer. Yeah, that's him, Senator Senator Mercer. Yeah, he's a staff infection now. I understand. Mercer is, uh, this is according to Associated Content, so I'm finding it in two different places that it's a skin thing. It's spread by having close contact with an infected person. Can be spread by touching objects such as towels, sheets, clothes, workout areas, or sports equipment that have been contaminated with the staph bacteria MRSA. So, sorry, Paula, you you messed up on that one. Now, you know, funny thing about Paula is whenever she calls in, from time to time, she'll have a fact or two correct, mm. but then she'll have ten other facts that are just nonsense either stuff she made up or someone told her that was completely wrong or she's very energetic about it sure sure nice. she believes yeah. that she's absolutely right mm-hmm. and there have been a few times where paula has called in and said something and i've blown her off only to find out the next day that paula was absolutely right mm-hmm. so she's miss 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 hit occasionally well you'll be you'll be apologizing to paula when you've got the mercy so- here shortly. <laughs> Let's continue with your calls. Talk to Paul in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paul. Paul in Indy. Hello? Hello. Yeah. Hey, what's on your mind, Paul? Um, yeah, kind of dealing with the same concept. Um, a week ago I called, and uh, I, I, I said there was, um, it was called MSG3, and my mother had been diagnosed. And she lived on that, and in the back of my mind, when when she told me, you know, gathered us together, uh, and, and said she had cancer, and and the doctors had said, well, they, they kind of hinted that it was on her pancreas, you know, spots on her pancreas, and uh, that's a that's a death diagnosis. And uh, in the back of my mind, I remember that there was something that I had read about Japanese, uh, something that a Japanese take. So I researched it, and sure enough, it's called shiitake mushroom. Shiitake, okay. shiitake mushroom. And yeah. they also blend it with uh, rice bran. It's just food, and right? So I mean, I, I've I had things with that. shiitake mushrooms in them before. Yeah, I got her that. Okay. And for three years, she did wonderfully, wonderfully. Had a quality of life, very, very good. And then in 2006, a judge ruled.
ruled. Oh, geez. I'm sorry, 2007. A judge ruled, no, um, we're taking this off the market because you're making, because apparently that MGM3 was making claims that weren't. So the marketer the of the product that your mother was taking was uh, slapped down by the FDA, is what you're saying? Exactly. Oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear about that. Just an awful story. Is she still claims, alive? They made claims that they could boost your immune system. Right, and they probably were telling the truth. That. It's just that the FDA doesn't like uh, the natural therapies, and they severely restrict the things that they can say about them. It's awful what they do. Thank you for the call. More coming up. Hour two is on the way. Just another reason to abolish the FDA completely. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you money to access their websites. Ours is free at freetalklive.com. And I might add that Gardner Goldsmith's website, he's got his own, is free as well. Yeah. You can go to libertyconspiracy.com. You're doing some upgrades or something like yes, that behind yes. the scenes. Okay? It's, yeah, we're working on some things and uh, trying to improve it. And we've been having some problems with our sound file hosting, so it's been a, a pain. So, it's so bear with him. Yeah, thank you, everybody. All right, sure. we continue here with your calls. Let's talk to Dave in Ohio, listening on WAIS. Hello, Dave. Dave in Ohio going once. Guys, hey. you can check this out. I heard this today that the UN is recognizing six nations in Canada. Six nations in Canada? Yeah. Was that the and tribe. or in? Huh? Was that in Canada or and Canada? In Canada. Okay. What's that mean? Which which nations are these that they're recognizing? Um, the native tribes, I forget. The Alcoin. I'm Elgon- Algonquin. Algonquin. Yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So they're and, recognizing uh, the natives as nations. nations. A sovereign nation, yes. Mm. That's interesting. Does that mean that they'll get to sit on the little UN panel that they have? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I just heard that today. I, do, you, do you think that that means that uh, they'll they'll do it for our? Um, I mean, you know, why why in the world should the Native Americans in uh, Canada get recognized, and the ones in the United States or Mexico or uh, you know South America don't That's get a good recognized? Point, Mark. It's a good question. Do you have an answer for that, Dave? I think there is a movement to get 
the natives of America recognized him. I know that the uh, Lakota are trying to do just that. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they'll maybe they'll have success with that. Though I don't feel, um, and thanks, Dave, for the call. I don't right. feel necessarily that the UN is the arbiter of what is and what is not a nation. No, no, although it'll cause problems for the U.S. bureaucrats, which would be nice. I'm not finding uh, the particular news story he talked about, so I don't know. Um, like, I'm, I'm, Quick check-in. Way to go, Mark. Well, it, d- that it does say that the, the Canada, and I did did hear this news story, that Canada apologized to its native people uh, for something like their state schools. They were edu- re-educating the uh, the natives into white man's culture, and it was oh, just awful. I thought they were apologizing awful. for Celine Dion. I, you know, <laughs> just me. It's a- well, as far as the the you know the the whole idea of is it a nation? That question, who could answer that? As far as I'm concerned, it's it's anybody can answer that question. I mean, the the concept of a nation is really an imaginary one. There is no such thing well, as a nation beyond a nation, what you define it as. Well, but what you define it as? No, it's not what you define it as. It's what the people the, with the guns define. It's the it people as. with the guns define it as. It's what the people that are that have guns and are willing to use. So are them you saying that, you. that the UN is the final arbiter of what is and what is not a no, nation? No, the UN doesn't have the most guns. Oh, I don't know about that. They've got a bunch at their beck and call. No, the United States has the most guns. Yeah, but the U.S. is a member of the U.N. Yes, but they're not going to. For instance, uh, if the U.N. says uh, Lakota Nation is a is a nation, and the United States says, "Oh no, they're not." Um. The UN's, you know, just rambling on. You know, it's it's just a bunch of. At that point, they're 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 relegated to the sidelines. Mm. The United States has the most guns, and they tell the UN, you know, what's what's so and what's not. Well, as far as I'm concerned, they, one the man UN doesn't listen. As far as I'm concerned, one man claiming he's in his own nation is enough to make it legitimate, as legitimate as any other nation. You mean like the guy in the Shetland Islands there recently? That uh... <laughs> exactly <laughs> like him. I've got the Shetland story here. We might get to it. Uh, we can talk about that in a bit. Uh, one man has seceded apparently from, That's I scary. guess, the United Kingdom. We'll yeah, get... I'm not ready to call it. I mean, like he can he can say he's seceded. I'm not really ready to call it secession until there's some kind of resolution. Well, Brian's... he's made his own. Well, we can get into that. We need to get to the phone calls first, though. Talk to Dan. In Pennsylvania, Dan, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Hello. Hey guys. Hey Dan. Um, What's on your mind? On on Saturday, a guy called in talking about the how horrible it was that there were people working for uh, rates such as twelve dollars a week down in South America. I think he said twelve bucks and, a day, and um, and he, he said Papua New Guinea. But go ahead. That's right. And it was you know he's falling into one of these huge fallacies about money that people who are taught in government schools fall into, and that's you know the idea that a little bit of money compared to the amount of money that we have is a bad thing. When in reality, a money uh, or money is an economic good just the same as everything else. And like every economic good, when there's less of it, when it's more scarce, it is worth more. Mm. And it's like nobody understands that. I was, I was jumping around yelling silently into my phone when I was listening to that. Or, I mean, into my uh, iPod. Yeah. Pe- well, we tried, yeah. To, we tried to explain it. Yeah, I think it was after the fact, though, because there was no point in keeping him on for it. But we tried to explain that, you know, different economies, money's worth different things there. And they just, people in America, they, for whatever reason, they are so insulated from what goes on in other economies, they just don't understand that. They Everything think that everybody should. U.S. standard. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and here's the, the the part that's so foolish about what the gentleman was saying, is he was very concerned about the Trilateral Commission and the Bilderbergers um, taking over the world. But... 
we have to make sure that the people in Papua New Guinea get paid, uh, you know, fairly. And I think that he was talking about it sort of from a voluntary sense, you know, like you should want to give the people in Papua New Guinea that put uh, was it, was it chromium or something. It was, it was some uh, cadmium, cadmium mm-hmm. um, it, for cell phones. You should want to give them. You should want to pay more for your cell phones. And I don't know how you find the uh, the, the the fair trade chromium cell phones. I don't know where they sell those. <laughs> but um, if they did have them, I wouldn't buy them anyway because it's it's really just a union thing and it throws off the whole economy. But he, he he wanted us to sort of voluntarily do it, which is stupid because it's not going to work. Right. Um, and the he or the other choice is that that somehow there's going to be some international body that's going to regulate how much the uh, cadmium miners get paid. Mm. Well, who do you think's going to run that international body? The damn Bur- Bilderbergers. You know, if if, yeah, if you exactly. believe in the Bilderbergers, and I'm, I know that they exist. I don't know how much control they have over international monetary um, issues, but this gentleman certainly believed that they had a great deal of control. So, if you believe that the Bilderbergers have a great deal of control over these things, and you want to get rid of the Bilderbergers, how in the world can you want to control international uh, monetary issues? You know what I want to do? That's how the Bilderbergers get their power. I want to start a fast food restaurant chain called Bilderberg. <laughs> and you go there, and everything's secret. You can't see anything on the menu, but they're there. You know, it's there. You can order something. But you know, this this point <laughs> this point is also it's pervasive. Whether it's the you know it's the anti-free traders who say that American companies are exploiting foreigners and so on and so forth, uh, which is just totally utterly ridiculous. These people wouldn't be working there. They unless chose they to work there. Working in it, yeah. They chose to do it unless it was helping them out. They chose. Nobody made them do it. And if you're going to say the vicissitudes of life force people to do things, well, please, you know, we can we can get to an infinite regress. We all have to get up in the morning, for goodness sake, you know. But one of the things that your call brings up is this is also pervasive inside the United States, where the the egalitarians and the paternalists say American workers, we've got to protect American jobs, and then that diffuses down to the populace because they're like our local auto plant is going to close if we allow for companies to go overseas and give work to those evil foreigners. So on the one hand, they're not paying the foreigners enough. On the other hand, and, and it all works together because right. they want to stop international trade. It's the they don't same like people, the, the liberals, or the Democrats, or whomever, on the same side that both, A, from labor unions, want to protect American jobs, right. but B, want to uh, you know help p- the poor foreign worker. Mm-hmm. Well, who the hell is going to help them? And that also applies to immigrant immigrants, immigrant labor. And I was watching a Fox News earlier today, Laura Ingram's got some new show over there, and she's got this guy on from the Center for Immigration Studies. I had him on on my show, and he he was trying to make the argument, which is utterly, utterly spurious, that because I, I studied it, I went and found the statistics, that high immigration causes unemployment. What it will do is displace certain workers in certain sectors, but it will help increase employment because the lower wage workers will allow consumers to have extra money left over. That's the whole point about a productive economy. You want to have more money left over to be able to spend on other things, and oh, lo and behold, more people are being employed. Unemployment goes down. It doesn't go up. 
It goes down when you can get more for your money. Sir, there's no doubt about that. Plus, uh, new people coming into the economy also create new demand for services. Yeah, right on. And, and Im- immigrants uh, have been constructing this country and farming this country for as long as this country's been around. And somehow the, other, the, the, the people that were here before those immigrants have found other jobs and gone on to live productive lives. Dan, it's clear that we've uh, been dominating this. I didn't know if you had more to say. So hang on. We're going to bring you back. Uh, if you've got more, we'll hear from Dan and your calls as well about whatever's on your mind. Plus, Shetland has declared independence. Population one. Free Talk Live. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the wiki, over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and get interactive. You can change virtually anything. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. That's wiki.freetalklive.com. You can travel less, use less gas. Pay less money. You can meet online. Try WebEx for free. Go to WebEx.com. Enter promo code 600. That's 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's WebEx.com. Enter promo code 600 and start your free trial of WebEx today. And from what I understand, you get a free uh, webcam. I want you to double check on that claim, Mark, because it sounds outrageously almost too good to be true. Listen to our 60-second spot and tell me what you think. All right. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. 800-259. Want me to go do all your work for you? 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You're the one making the claim, so you you feel confident that it's that's the deal. They get to pay shipping, right? Shipping and handling. I don't know, man. There's got to be something. It sounds, it sounds outrageous to me I, at the same time, but that's what I heard in the spot. All right. All right. I think they have to give the money to me. Yeah, that's There you it. go. Yeah, that's I don't it. know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll find it. We'll find out. I'm sure over time here. One eight hundred webex.com and find out. There you go. Wait. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Promo code six hundred. Right. Though. Promo you code six hundred. Right. I Sorry. need to come up with one of those promo codes for my book. You know. Yeah, like if you're an attractive woman and you get my book, I'll come visit you. Now there's a deal. All right. Personal in-home signature. <laughs> I'll read a chapter to you by candlelight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's continue and talk back or uh, talk more with Dan here in Pennsylvania. Dan, you'd called in to talk about this uh, perceived discrepancy that many Americans uh, feel exists between American workers and what they get paid versus people in uh, you know third world countries or use the term fourth world. Mark, I'm not sure what the difference is. But, well, third uh, world com- countries. First, um, this is my understanding, and uh, someone can call in and correct me. Uh, a first world country would be a European country, sort of the Western, you know, where where it all started: Greece, um, mm-hmm. uh, Italy, uh, the, uh, Great Britain, that kind of thing. Second world would be the United States, and uh, you know, some develop some countries that developed in that time frame. Uh, Japan would probably be a second world country. Third world are ones that ha- were you know hadn't quite developed; they're developing now. So India, China, third world countries, fourth world countries are crap holes. Uh, Haiti, uh, uh, New Guinea, Amy Winehouse's like kitchen. Yeah, yeah. Amy Winehouse's lungs. There you go. You know, I don't know what's wrong with that lady, but I know it's contagious. Oh, it's so bad. so that's what the uh, the issue was, and we went off in uh, several different directions in regards to it, and Dan. And I wanted to make sure that you had the chance to make the points you were looking to make. Yeah. Um, well, what I was going to say was in these uh, fourth world crap hole countries, they simply do not have all the stuff that we have to buy. If they had as much money as we had, they would have a literal surplus of money, which would mean that prices would have to go up. Otherwise, they would have no goods left. Everyone would just buy all the goods. 
And as pricing is a rationing method, that means that the more money there is, the higher the prices are. The solution is to bring in more goods, not more money. And we have John Maynard Keynes to thank for that. <laughs> yeah. So if you have, if for instance, you know, you're in a community and you have a hundred cars, and everybody rides bicycles and doesn't want cars, your cars would cost a lot less because they're just not willing to spend their money on that, right? I mean, it's not right. it, that's oversimplification. But. Okay, but wait, what about China? Because China is they're developing. Certainly, they're way ahead of uh, Haiti and other countries like that. You you had said they were the third world mark, not the fourth world. Yeah, that's what I would call it. Uh, China's moving on. They're moving up, and there there certainly are a lot of products in China, many of which are certainly cheaper than than you would be able to purchase them here. So it's not that there aren't a lot of products for the Chinese to buy. They're not making a lot of money over in China. They have a surplus of labor. They've got a uh, you know mm-hmm. 1.3 billion people in China. Oh, so okay, interesting. They have a, labor a lot of competition. Sur- labor surplus. Lot, a lot of competition in the labor. Uh, Dan, how market. would you have answered that? Uh, more or less in the same way that it's the the cost of labor is so low because it's super abundant mm. relative to the goods that can be purchased with the money earned from the labor. So it's sort of a two-step economic problem there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very good. Any other thoughts? Yeah, I had a question for Gard, actually. Um, I heard you talk about uh, Ludwig von Mises on some of your podcasts, and I wanted to know, have you actually read Human Action? Yeah, huge sections of it. Not all the way through, though. You know, the 800-page tome is so massive. <laughs> wow. And, and it's amazing because my dad actually read the whole thing and, and wrote notes, like, on every other page. He was – I don't know how he did it. It's insane. But, yeah, I've read yeah. it. It's a, it's a great book. It's just awesome, you know. I got it last Christmas, and I got 200 pages into it. And I, I was just really excited to find somebody who with a radio show who actually knows about those who go on Mises. <laughs> well, you know, it was funny. Uh, yeah, I was interviewing Ron Paul, and, and he heard me mention uh, Von Mises and Bastiat. And we, we talked off the air, and he said something like, Thanks for actually knowing who those guys are. I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. Thanks. It's awesome. I've read Bastiat's yeah. book. It's a little easier, yeah. like yeah. less than 100 pages, I think, yeah. on that one. Yeah. 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 Mises is a you know, pretty academic sort of read, but if you like that kind of thing, yeah. it's good stuff. Dan, yeah. thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you, if, sir. If oh, you and want, hey, hey, if you want just the watered-down version, Henry Hazlitt's... Hazlitt's like, Economics in One Lesson is perfect. It, it, it's awesome. It's perfect. Watered-down of human action? Of human action. Uh, well, well a lot of the, what's in human action. You'll get all the concepts of, you know, really... You know, of economics, just by reading that book, and yeah. you won't get any of the crap that uh, the crap economics that's thrown in there by Marx or Keynes or yeah. uh, you know any the of stuff those they teach at school. Uh, oh, that garbage awesome. that uh, that people pass off as economics, not economics. Yeah, and, and Hazlitt, economics is real and provable. The rest of that is all a theory, speculation, and it's wrong. Yeah, and ha- yeah. Well, oh, I was just going to say Hazel was amazing because he could he could get very very technical if he wanted to. I mean, he had some some great collections that he put together. That's a great but, teacher. Yeah, he was That's great. That's the indi- indication but, of a great teacher. Uh, I just want to give a compliment to you guys with the shrine because we know that there is at least one woman there who has a photo posted of her uh, basically. Uh, looking really nice with a bunch of libertarian-style books, you know, stacked up in human actions, like right near the top. It's hiding part of her body. So I would recommend anybody get over to the website, check it out. Very observant, Gardner. We continue. <laughs> uh, talk to Frank in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Frank. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Hey, Very Frank. interesting and surreal evening this, hmm. this, this night. Why uh, surreal? No, it's interesting. I did my economic uh, undergraduate uh, thesis research project on von Mises' concept of money and human action back in 1976. All right. So in a sense, I had to read that book, and uh, basically what was interesting was his, his notion of Austrian central banking, or central banking that became Austrian with fiat currencies right. and things. Right. And it was quite different from Milton Friedman's work on monetary policy at the time. But needless to say, it was... Uh, 
interesting and I guess maybe 20 or 30 years ahead of the curve time-wise. Oh, but, it sure was. You know, I was going to mention about the problem with the reinsurance, and uh, but I thought, you know, since so much more has happened since that part of the early show, I thought maybe what we should do right now is sort of just define the notion of nation and state. Because okay. international law has, you know, several distinctions. Uh, in the 19th century, the notion of nation was defined under British international law. Yet more recently, international law uses the term state in place of, of, in place of nation. The old definition of a nation was a group or race of people that shared a history, a tradition, a culture, and formed a distinctive society. Uh, a race of men is an aggregate body of persons exceeding a single family who are connected by ties to a common lineage. So you're saying you cannot language. have a nation of one? You can't have a nation of one, you have to have a group of people? Well, you know, what's interesting, in a very contemporary sense, the UN doesn't recognize the definition of nation. Huh. Well, that's why I say you can define it yourself. Frank, thanks for the call. More coming up. You can take control. We'll talk about Shetland, the Shetland. Apparently, it's not the entirety of Shetland. It's one of the Shetland Islands as seceded. Coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, want to help promote Free Talk Live, help us, uh, for instance, get on more radio stations or help new Internet listeners find the show, great way to do it. In fact, there are several of them can all be found at promote.freetalklive.com. It's uh, probably the brand newest page on our website. We've we've just grabbed all the various different ways that you can help Free Talk Live. There are, most all of them are free and pretty simple, and we put them all in one place. So you can easily find it all, including like stuff you can even print out and flyers you can give out to people, things like that. Uh, go to promote.freetalklive.com to take a look, see how you can help the show. That's promote.freetalklive.com. What mischief is the iron fist of the state up to lately? And what the hell's an amphibious rotini monster? Anarchyinyourhead.com is a webcomic about the philosophy of freedom in its purest form. Check in every Friday for a new strip and find bonus material throughout the week. All at anarchyinyourhead.com. That's anarchyinyourhead.com. As we continue with your calls about what you want, Dan in Indianapolis, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Dan and Indy, going once. Dan and yeah, Indy. thank you. Hey, Dan. Thanks for my call. What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, it's kind of a hypothetical question. Okay. Or maybe a rhetorical question. I'm not sure which. You decide. All right, go ahead. Um, let's just say that we had a um, traditional rabbi, Judaistic, facing off you know, with some anchor man, with a uh, fundamentalist Christian. Okay, so and there's the, an anchor man, uh, a rabbi, and a fundamentalist Christian, and they get on a train. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, if, if you want them on a train, that's fine. Um, and so the, the the rabbi says, "Are you telling me that six million Jews died? Um, you know, believing in Judaism and the." 
fundamentalist is going to go to Paul, and the New Testament says, well, there is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. That seems to be kind of a, a quandrum that I haven't seen faced off. What I have seen faced off is that there is a, a large amount of, uh, or a number amount of individuals um, in in America who are, or, or, or you know, different different denominations who are giving a lot of money over to Israel. I have no problem with that, you know, because the Old Testament says those who bless Israel will be blessed; those who are cursed will be cursed. So it seems odd and to again, you that you know that... we're dealing with we're dealing with a, a very fundamental question here, well, which I don't think has been faced um, as it should be. What's well, the question exactly? The question I'm a little is, lost. Do Jews go to heaven? What do Jews go to heaven? How would I know? <laughs> um, well, he doesn't want. He doesn't care what your answer is. He cares what the uh, listeners, uh, you know, think to themselves. And I, I don't think. I don't think about Jewish people. I don't think about Christians. I don't think about any of those people. So I don't. I don't have an answer for you. What's the relevance anyway? Who cares? Really, that that that's your answer. That's my answer, that. Mark. Uh, well, my answer is that uh, I, I think that um, I think that religions uh, are ways to control people. Um, I think that uh, the Judaism is 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 a silly, silly uh, you know practice in the sense that they uh, don't mix their meat and their milk and all that other stuff. But that's fine. Um, I wasn't raised that way, and likely I would think that that's silly. I also think that uh, you know the, the the Christian religion in the United States is largely a uh, it's an industry for taking money from people and you know doing what they want with it yeah. and you know that's fine too if you're providing them with something what, that they want uh, i think that's a wonderful answer i think that's a wonderful answer but then what what do you believe about religion in general i believe that there's a god and i believe that he loves us i believe he created a universe where if you do good um you will be rewarded with good things does that answer your question? And I, I don't believe well, for a then, second that... Then you have to understand that m- much of what we're going through in the world today has to do with religion. I, I, I would sure. say that religion's a, yeah. a real terrible problem, in the, um, and you know, that's one of the reasons I don't like it. Organized religion, as far as I'm that's concerned, is a blight on mankind. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say that. There you go. Thanks, Dan, for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Garner, did you want to try his uh, answer his question? I still don't really understand. I'm just, uh, all i got to say is just reiterate what you guys said. You know, I, I've become very, very inoculated to some of the weird things that I see religious, extremely religious people do in various areas. I'm religious to a certain extent. Uh, there was no possible way I would ever sign on to any organized religion in any way whatsoever. And anybody wants to know how I feel about religion, just refer to the song Flowers by the Psychedelic Furs when they talk about slicing up eyeballs with razor blades and out of him comes foul white light. And I have no idea what you're talking you'll about. You'll hear the lyrics. I'll give you the song but, sometime. But I just do not conform to any organized religion. I think it's a waste of time. I think they're used to manipulate people, and I don't see why we need them. So, Mark, but your answer about religion, about the God, about believing in a God, you use the term he, that's sort of different from what you've normally been saying recently about the science, what you call the science of the mind and the the idea that... 
everything is God. And I move around a little bit on this whole God thing. Like, sometimes I'll give him sentience, and sometimes yeah. I'll say that he's... Because you personified it. Right. I, I do, you know, to some extent, I'll personify God. Um, you know, and I think Was that, it just because you were pandering to him? You thought that was what mm, he wanted to hear? Was that the nah, idea? No, I, you know, I, I think that, I think that there's a, uh, intel, an or several intelligent beating, beings, because I don't believe in groups, uh, really creating much of value. I'm, I'm really of the opinion that there's one, um, intelligent being that created the world, and we are sort of expressions, uh, pieces of that intelligent being, you know, hmm. um, and that we sort of dumb ourselves down in order to enjoy this plane called Earth in the same way that you might enjoy going to a movie. You know, for, for, for two hours, you're transported to another world and other things are happening. And Are you saying that the, that intelligent being is still around, is still kind of hanging out, watching what's going on? He's probably and, pretty bored, so he probably has to have things to do. And one of the ways to do that is to split yourself up and have a little play with yourself. And you, and you know what's interesting is religion uh, can be looked at in two ways. Uh, one, you can look at it as uh, it's when someone comes to a, a decision that he believes or she believes in a certain power, there's a certain personal Satisfaction and reassurance that you get out of that. Yes, uh, when, you know here we are. Most of the time, we talk about politics and events and so on and so forth. So, you know, religion really uh, we try to keep that out of it out of it as much as possible. Uh, um, as you know, my dad used to say there that you can't have a free society with any sort of organized religion supported by tax money. You can't have a free society with anything supported by tax money. Um, but uh, to a certain extent, uh, organized. It, it depends on what, even what we define as an organized religion. I mean, you can have a Bible study group. That's an or, organized branch of religion, I suppose. It's it's semi-organized, and those people do great work. I, I just get completely turned off because I see in large organized religions the same things that they do in government in a way, except in this case um, it's the people who sign on to it who get exploited only most of the time well, it, as it, long as they're not using the government to give get favors for their for their religion for me um, organized religion is a euphemism for people that believe that other people go to hell um, I believe that if you believe other people go to hell that you're therefore m- trying to manipulate behavior if you're trying to manipulate behavior then someone up the line is going to manipulate that behavior for uh, you know for financial good mm-hmm. now certainly I believe here on earth we should punish bad behavior when it comes along. Um, and I may have different ideas of how the people may be punished than what the state's doing, but I think that bad behavior needs to be punished. But if you think that the only way that uh, the world can be good is through a religion that will make them good, then you don't think much of humans. Mm. I, they, yeah. Like, you know, I, I'm just saying, you, you, what you think humans are are awful, terrible, murdering, stealing people. And my experience... Is no, um, I don't. Bl- my God wouldn't send me to hell for murdering or stealing. Ian, yours wouldn't. Guard, would I your, don't have would, a God. Would your God send you to hell for murdering and stealing? Uh, you mean Cthulhu, the HP Lovecraft God? <laughs> it's possible. Well, we're all we're all going to hell then. <laughs> Just kidding. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. I like your viewpoint that I thought I understood as that everything is essentially God. But not that there was some sort of separate God. So I'm a little confused about what you believe, Mark. But anyway, more coming up. You can take control. I don't have a God. I like the uh, the belief that I am part of whatever God is, for what, for lack of a better term. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And if you want to help support the show, you can become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the program for as little as 3 bucks a month. The money is taken in and reinvested into the show so we can get on more radio stations. We just started on a new station in Arkansas uh, over the weekend for the first time, as well as uh, 40 other stations across the country. We could have 80. We could have 100. We could have 300 affiliates. And we will with Rush your help. Limbaugh's got 600. Yeah, I don't we, see why we got to stop at three. Yeah, there you go. And we will with your help if you go to amp.freetalklive.com. Plus, you help us bring on more Internet listeners as well. And you can see how we're spending the money that's coming in. We, you can also uh, get a list of the different perks. In fact, it's not even a complete list. It's a partial list of uh, the perks that you get access to as a Free Talk Live amplifier. One of those things that's not on that list is the exclusive video that Sam from the Obscured Truth Network created for us of Whitney, one of our listeners, taking her top off and Mark taking his top off at uh, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. It certainly has been the, the talk of the last week. It was so, a watershed moment. It was so great. you get that as an amplifier. It's one of those perks. And from time to time, we just come out with new perks. But you've always got access to the uh, the amp-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details at amp.freetalklive.com as we continue with your calls about what you want. It's Michelle in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi, Michelle. What's on your mind? Um, I just wanted to know what you guys are thinking about what's going on with the United States government's um, compulsory mandate to get everyone switched over to HDT. Oh, Jesus. I think it's awful. I'm really worried myself. Why are you worried, though? Um, Well, because of some research that I've done into a project up in Alaska called HAARP, HARP. What does that have to do with it? Well, it's actually, um, there's there's a, a conspiracy possibility that exists that this is a, a mind control um, piece of the government developed. Uh, I think you've been I think you've been watching or listening to too many conspiracy videos, Michelle. Uh, the, the heart well, project is a big joke from what I well, can tell. It's, it's just for, another it's for ionospheric research is what the government yeah. got it set up as. Yeah, it's well, just a, it's if just it's a, for mind control, how is it that we would even know that it's for mind control because the first thing they would do is put out some mind control that says the harp is not for mind control. <laughs> But there'll be some of us who don't comply with the HD. What's that mean? Oh, so the, the high H- definition. The television. HD is the way that the, the harp is going to um, put oh, the I mind control know. into us. No, I don't know. Well, that. wait. What? Okay. So, what's the connection between the HD switchover and the uh, the the allegations right. about mind control? Well, there's not necessarily one at all. I'm just wondering what oh, you okay. guys think about the government's mandatory. Well. Um, I got to tell you, if only Nikola Tesla were here, he could help out. I think, but uh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, you know, you know what I think is the funniest thing about that is is these ads that they have on where they they are they're giving these people these PSAs where you can go get your stupid coupons so you can have right. your you know Rabbit or TV have a box so you can actually still get your stupid television station. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, they did this in 1996 when the mandate came through. They did it so they could free up spectrum for cell use coverage, uh, you know that sort of thing, oh. cell coverage use. Uh, cell phones and and you know in a free marketplace um you know maybe we would have it, cell phones maybe we wouldn't have cell phones taking up all that spectrum whatever but it wouldn't be dictated and certain companies got real big bennies out of that back in 96 believe me and they gave a lot of money to certain politicians to get reelected and one of the things that's fascinating to me my friend is Michelle right Michelle yes yeah um is you get these ads and they come on and they say HGTV is coming in February of 2009 it's so good 
the government has made it mandatory. <laughs> it's like, what? I'm giving you a coupon to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, or they'll say it's mandated by law. It's like, well, right. if it's if that it was good, so good, I get then it people, myself. Right, then the people would rush towards it. <laughs> Screw yeah. you! The, the government hasn't mandated that people have cars. However, the vast majority of Americans have more than one. <laughs> Tyranny, it's so good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's just so, the amusing thing for so me. So it seems it. to me that you're dealing with two issues here. One is the conspiracy crackpot claims about the, uh, the Heart Project, which is just, I mean, from all, anything we can tell, we've looked at this before, people have called in about it, yeah. it's just a- absolute nonsense. It's a huge, huge government boondoggle. It's, it's right. as, yeah, it's as nonsensical as suggesting they're dropping chemicals from the sky to, pull, you know, to control our minds, too. I mean, the fact oh, is, yeah, my mind is definitely not controlled, otherwise I wouldn't be doing the show I'm doing <laughs> right now. You wouldn't be here. So, but, but the issue of the HDTV is a real issue, and it's really something worth talking about, because it's the FCC which claims ownership over all of the airwaves in the country. Essentially, like you said, Garner, they, they are trying to free up some spectrum so they can auction it off and make a whole bunch of money off of it. Yeah. That's really all this is about. It doesn't have anything to do with go- getting good programming into your home. It has to do with just simply freeing up spectrum for the FCC to auction off. That's really what this is all about. Uh, and, and the fact is, the marketplace, they didn't have to mandate color television. Right. It just came out. People saw the difference. They purchased it. Same thing with HD. They don't have to mandate it. HD really does look nice. Yeah. It right. really is a nice technology. And you start putting it out there, people will start buying it on their right. own. I wish I would never see another football game that wasn't in HD. It is so awesome have to you, watch have, uh, oh, yeah. sports have, on HD. Have you seen Dancing with the Stars in HD? Missed that one. I yeah, missed really so much. Yeah. Guys, it's very important. <laughs> hey, Michelle, thanks for the call tonight. We certainly appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the number. So I think the technology is great and i think that over time people would have migrated to it anyway yeah. and we don't need a government sitting out there te- you know mandating these things at all it just makes things more difficult than they otherwise would have been so stupid and you know you know the frustrating thing is they they come up with these mandates so that they can get more money so they can help the poor so called help the poor or hand out things to big uh, big uh, corporations or whatever <laughs> And uh, who are they hurting the most? The poor. Because well, they're I don't restricting think the, FC- the poor's choices. But I don't think the FCC is going to do anything to help the poor with the money they get from that auction. They're yeah, just going to keep I it. Know, I don't know what the FCC is going to do. No, I don't they know keep if it. it'll go directly to the FCC or if it'll go straight to the I federal I believe it goes to the generally. FCC. That's a good yeah, question. I'm not know. sure about that, but I believe it goes to the FCC. Yeah, well, that's probably a good point. I'd love to find out. And it, you know, it's just so stupid. And besides, everything's going towards broadband on the, on the, on the computer anyway. You're going to be watching everything. You know, in 10 years, you're going to have a big computer set up you'll be downloading all your shows there'll be shows made products made there'll be networks designed specifically for it's not even in 10 years i mean they've already got the major networks or at least abc uh they're putting their episodes online you can get them in hd yeah Uh, and and they're very limited commercial interruption so i mean it's already going that direction it's on demand you want to see the latest episode of lost or whatever you can just go click and they they stream it to you yeah, and that's assuming peer-to-peer doesn't rip it out from underneath them. Yeah. Well, man, peer to, uh, who knows what's going to come up peer-to-peer. Who knows? Hey, can I just have to mention something? I, I don't know why my mind's on all these women and things tonight, but the women in Lost sweat in a very, very, you know, they, they always have them out it's in the jungle. Real and they've, I know. The people <laughs> yeah. with the little spray cans, they know what they're doing. This is it's a lesson, good, kids. Very good stuff. Don't believe the stuff you see on TV. <laughs> Yeah. Let's it's continue. Fake. Your calls. And uh, we talked to Richard in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Richard. Hey, how you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? Hey, uh, well, first of all, I just want to make a correction for you guys. Uh, 
it's not HD that we're switching to. It's just digital TV. HD is a little bit different than digital. Oh, really? So, I thought it was an HD switchover. Oh, uh, no. If you look it up, it's actually DTV. If you look at any of the commercials, it's just uh. DTV, which stands for digital television. So huh, okay. it's not the HD switch or whatever, because HD is a little bit different than digital, mm. but it's just the switch there. So they're mandating that television stations switch to digital transmission, which right. will facilitate HD transmissions, but you can also digitally transmit in standard resolution. That's what you're pointing out? Exactly. exactly. I it's not HD. I just want to make that clarification. Okay. Right. Thank you for that. You guys talk about right. it a lot. Right. Right. Still, the but, purpose uh, is still the same, though. It's so the FCC yeah, can well, free yeah, up the absolutely. bandwidth. I totally agree with you. Right. I'm just, I'm just making a clarification. Thank, Thank you for you. that. That's excellent. What else? That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Anything else on your mind? Uh, yes. Uh, anyways, what I called in about originally, uh, I called in a while ago about the uh, the dog collars on the kids. What was this? Oh, oh the, 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 the government had taken yeah, away your you children. Kinda, like played me off, you know, say that I was a crank or something. Yeah, we like thought that. it was a really great crank, crank call, but you're saying it's for real, huh? Yeah, yeah. You well, would put it. You I, would, let me see I, if I, I can recap, though. No, I mean there is some some good news on the whole situation. This is the, uh, just real quick. We need to bring our listeners up to speed. What what were you calling about before with the dog collar? Was you'd put a dog collar on your kids, and government people didn't like that. A what shock collar. A shock collar. Right. Yeah. They they uh, essentially they went to to school, and uh, there were some burns on their neck and right. stuff. And mm. uh, they you know they took the the kids away. But uh, anyway, what I was calling about, you know, I I did talk to a social worker the other day, and uh, we actually are going to work something out. I have to take the fence out of my yard mm -hmm. uh, i have to take the whole system out or whatever before i can get it back right that way they don't have to worry about you know them getting shocked again i guess but i am hmm. going to get my my kids back so uh, well, that's good congratulations have you been using the fence for anything like keeping dogs in instead well i, I my, my dog died uh, a couple months ago so i, I really that's don't why have I had the collar for it anymore that's why i kind of transitioned it to the kids <laughs> and, uh, yeah how, how old are your children uh, one is six, and the other one's four. Wow. wow. Man. Well, I'm glad to hear you're getting your kids back, and uh, maybe you should come up with another, maybe more creative way to, to keep them in line. Something that doesn't involve shock. Creative. Uh, like I thought it was okay, like you know. I thought, I, it, it was all right with me, dude. I thought it was a great original <laughs> idea. Thanks for the call, dude. More on the way. You can take control. Hour three is... Hey, if they don't cross the line, they don't get the shock. Check more coming those ages. Up. It is Free Talk Live. Provider and licensing details are available. If this is your paycheck and this is your debt, what are your options? File bankruptcy and tread water the next seven years? Or make a call for Care One Credit Counseling Services and start getting out of debt today. A Care One Credit Counseling Agency can help you get immediate relief from stress caused by debt. And you'll have one lower monthly payment instead of the pile you have right now. Call a Care One agent today and you can start saving hundreds of dollars in fees and interest payments. Care One agencies have helped over 4 million people get out of debt and they can help you too. Call 800-952-9224. 800-952-9224. And find out how you can lower your monthly payments up to 57%. One 15-minute phone call can change your life. Call 800-952-9224. 
This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. As we launch in Hour 3, it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features there are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We... Start out this hour by continuing with your calls, but still to come, we will talk about the Shetland Island that has declared independence. Well, the plot of land hasn't done anything, but there's one man who apparently owns the entire thing. We'll see what's going on with that, but first we go to your calls. And we will start with, I believe we have Richard in Maryland. Oh, wait, we just took Richard, I think. How about Indy in Connecticut? Indy, you're on Free Talk Live. Presuming our board ops there. The music bed is running on and on, so that probably means yeah, the board that's, isn't that's a, there. That's an indication that uh, we're probably not going to get Indy in. <laughs> so, Indy, hang on. <laughs> we will get to you. The board out probably had to go to the bathroom or something. Uh, I like yes, that I music. Did. You guys are coming he live did right now. Oh, now we're, now we're live. We weren't even live. Free Talk Live. He was in the bathroom. It's your show. Give us a call at 1-800-259-9231. That was nice of you, Mark. I didn't have to re- redo it. You, nice. You're redoing it for me. That's good. Nice, uh, so, yeah, a little buggy there, radio listeners. Uh, we thought we were on, but we weren't, and uh, the board up had to pee. So, you know, that's how things are. All right. Eight, 800. I don't know. There might have been a, a drop-off in the, uh, the the connection. Oh, you think? No. We, he we said yes. Live. He said yes, he did, which means yes, he did have to go to the bathroom. All right. You know, maybe human he had beings. that stuff that uh, Paula was talking Marissa? about. Someday we will replace all human board ops with robots, robots. and then we won't have these problems. They'll be bionic. Eight hundred. What, what, what are all the pot smokers going to do for work then? No, there'll be something. No, there's Deliver pizza pizzas. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. All right, we continue here. Let's try Indy in Connecticut. Indy, you're on Free Talk Live. That was the longest FTL lead-in I've ever heard in my life. I love Megadeth. That was awesome. <laughs> was that Megadeth? I don't think that was. Megadeth. I don't know. Was it? That's I don't what know. I'm used to hearing. Maybe it was. Go ahead. What's on your mind tonight, Indy? Happy anniversary to the death of property rights. Three years ago today, Kilo versus New London oh, Supreme Court uh, ruled that the towns can act on behalf of a private corporation to steal person's land. Yeah, they did rule that. But, uh, light the candle tonight with you guys. Just an awful, right awful, uh, that was a, just a terrible time. Those poor people in uh, New London, of course. Uh, Lauren Canario, one of our activists here in New Hampshire, was actually actively down there uh, standing up for freedom. And unfortunately, she was really the only one. She was the most hardcore of the entire bunch. I'm sure if it were Lauren's house, she would have stuck it out to the very end. But all the, the Kilo people, they ended up leaving. It made uh, for a great video. You can see it on YouTube. I live in the little town of Canterbury, Connecticut. We hired... Ed O'Connell, the head of that whole spearhead of uh, legal victory, as my town attorney. Oh, boy. He is in my town. Well, you know, something that's interesting about New London, we checked in recently with the situation down there, and it turns out that all their big, grandiose plans for, you know, this multiplex with uh, condos and business offices, and it was supposed to bring in all kinds of revenue to the city, hasn't gone anywhere. It's totally on hold. The company that's, uh, one of the companies that's involved, that there's, a, you know, there's some sort of financing issue. They couldn't get the financing that they thought they were going to get, and the economy they're good. They've got all kinds of excuses as to why it's not going as planned, but it's not going as planned. That's right. And guys, I got to tell you, I don't know if you've heard, uh, but today the Supreme Court came out with a ruling. I, 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 it just sparked in my mind because I just heard about it this afternoon. I didn't even get to talk about it on my program. Uh, the challenge to the border fence 
has been turned down by the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court found in favor of the Bush administration. These are people who are having their farms cut in half because the border fence was running through it uh, down on the southern border of the United States. So once again, uh, the concept of eminent domain is taking away people's property, in this case, not so that it can be given to a private entity. I could care less whether it's given to a private entity or it's yeah. given to the government. Stealing is stealing. Stealing is stealing. And uh, people like Richard Epstein have made a great point. Uh, if on, I, I'm opposed to it in general, but if they are going to do it, they should compensate these people properly for the takings. And they're not. Many times they don't. And, right. And, and the people walk away feeling uncompensated. And even if they are compensated the way you and I feel is fair, if they don't feel it's fair, that's the only person that really counts. And that's how the free market works. You're not going to sell your house for any price that you don't consider fair. So I didn't even now, realize it was the anniversary of Kilo, though. And the it's difference, very ironic. The that difference this in the two today. types of eminent domain, one versus the use versus the uh, the public use versus public good, yeah. um, which is what Kilo sort of was, and uh, Kilo was sort of for the public good because it would increase it. tax revenue and all that other stuff, and it's given to a private party. The difference is, is if you give it to a private party, private ventures, you know, can fail or not fail. Government adventure, um, ventures fail every time, except that they generally get something done. So there's going to be a park built, there's going to be a road built, there's going to be a uh, you know a school uh, a school district building built. So even if we do pay ten times what it's worth in order to build that thing, we'll get it built. Whereas in the private uh, sector, it won't necessarily get built, and that's what happened with condominiums here. And the, you know, the contractor's like, I don't know, this isn't seeming like such a good idea now. Before, when we were stealing people's houses, this was a good idea, but now, I don't know. Uh, you know, that, that's the sort of the difference. Is yeah. at the very least, the public looks there, and that's it's, and it's a perception issue. It's a, it's a great the public lesson. looks and sees a park. We got our park. Yep. Who cares about those jerks that and, lost and, their houses? You know, Mark, they said that those areas were blighted uh, under the keyload. And I know we're sort of going off on, on just that little mention of the call, but they hey, said this that... Is Andy, this is Andy. Those areas were not blighted. I right, exactly. And, and, you know, now they are. Now, amazingly, they are. Some of them are being used for fire firefighters to be able to practice on. Yeah, they're setting houses on they're fire. Setting stuff. them on fire. Wow. They're you know now they do have a blighted area. And the amazing thing is, this is a great lesson in free markets versus government because the people that were involved in this thing they said well you know they could have made the calculation hey we could approach these people on the private marketplace if. Our venture looks like it could re- give us a good enough return. We will be able to pay them something, a going rate that will be high enough that they will have an incentive to sell. Well, and you but can they bet didn't if they have it. If they had done that, if they'd done it in the private market, you can better believe they would have been lickety split about getting their their work done. Exactly. Because they would have had they would have actually had to put money out. And they would have they would have had an incentive because they were betting that they would be able to make money. But they knew beforehand that they couldn't do it in the private marketplace and offer the going rate yeah. to those people. So so they, they pressured the government. They got glad handing from the government. They did whatever they could uh, down there in New London, and they got the government to do it. Of course they were going to fail because they sh- they could have done it privately if there was an incentive for it to be successful. Indy, what other thoughts do you have for us tonight? Uh, sad anniversary. Wanted to share that with you guys. But your advertisers, GCN, got some new ones. I was surfing on the Internet tonight doing some shopping. Tell them to keep it up. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you mean they've got good, new, good yeah, advertisers? They got, they, yeah, they got good new advertisers oh, good. that I haven't heard for a few weeks. So. Right, right on. Very good, sir. Thank you, sir, for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I don't always get to hear all the GCN ads uh, just because you know we're sitting during the break and hey, take the headphones off. We continue here with uh, Vince in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. 
Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? What's on your mind, Vince? Hey, I want to talk about George Carlin. Oh, George. it's a sad story. He passed away last night. Yes, he did. 71 years old. Hell of a guy, from what I could tell. Heck of a guy. I've seen these shows. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're quite classic. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, he came up with the seven words. Yes, he did. And went to the whole way to the Supreme Court. <laughs> You know, you know that uh, that Pacifica case on the seven words thing, that was probably one of the greatest black marks in the history of freedom of speech uh, that ever came around. And, you know, it's amazing. I was telling Ian and Mark, my friend, that today some guy on, on my show swore at me. Uh, and and we, had to, we had to cut him out. We have a seven-second delay, so we popped him out. And uh, afterwards... What did he I, say? He called me an a hole. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, because um, we were, we we're anyway. So, uh, so we, you know, we pulled him out, and I afterwards, after we dr- dropped the guy, I said, "Well, gee, you know, thanks for bringing home on the day after George Carlin died the legacy of the Pacifica ruling, which is that we can't allow you to say stupid stuff like that because we'll get fined." You know, we can't let the marketplace decide. People could tune in if they wanted a real freewheeling show. They could do that, you know, but yep. we can't. And it's all thanks to the Pacifica ruling over the seven dirty words skit. It's incredible. Vince, any other thoughts? No, I just wanted to say that George Carlin was really a big part. Yeah, he really was. He was great talent, no doubt about that. I uh, was not a, I wasn't somebody who really followed his career too closely, but the times I did see any of his stand-up, I found it quite entertaining. Thanks, Vince, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the Sickle CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us. Those features include the updates. Get signed up, and we keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. And get on that list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. If you have a company or you know somebody, somebody important to you in your life has a company, uh, consider having them uh, having the accounts receivables taken care of by SACL CAI. Accounts receivable stink. It's a job that nobody wants to do. And um, you know, you've done the work for the people, the work that you got into the business to do, the work that you love to do, and then it's time to get paid and People don't want to pay? That stinks. Turn it over to SACL CAI. They'll collect, and they won't break anybody's kneecaps. Nobody's going to get threatened. Um, you know, no foul words are going to be spoken. They'll collect your money, and, well, you know, you'll have a better chance of keeping those customers. Very good. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at our website at freetalklive.com right there at the top. And hey, big big thanks to those guys for the fun tent. Oh, my gosh. The SACL CAI thing fun tent was awesome. If you want people who really support freedom... Those guys. And it, even if you're not in one of those fields, suggest SACL CI to somebody you know in one of those fields, like medical sure. field or something like that, some big company, tell them SACL. Yeah, if you hear somebody complaining about how their collection's just as awful, then you know who to, to recommend. Uh, Jason Osborne and his crew over at SACL CAI. All right, 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about what you want. It's Matt in Illinois on the Amp Line. Hello, Matt. Good evening, gentlemen. Hey, Matt, what's mm-hmm. on your mind tonight? I wanted to clarify a few things about MRSA. 
Marissa, this is uh, Paula called in earlier to to say it was taking over the world and killing everyone, uh, and she said it was some sort of intestinal deal. I did a quick Google search. Turns out that, according to various websites, it's actually a skin condition. But go ahead, sir. What did you have to say? Right. Well, uh, MRSA is actually a little bit more than just a skin condition. And uh, in the chat room, I sent a leaked link to the CDC, the uh, Center for Disease Control, and their uh, information on MRSA. There's a couple kinds of MRSA. There's a couple different kinds of MRSA. Now, I know this um, because my ex-wife worked on the gen med floor of the hospital before she became a uh, sleep therapy technician and a phlebotomist. Okay. And she had to work with MRSA patients a couple of times. And when she did so, she had to suit up. She had to wear full body cover because it's highly contagious. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, uh, usually it takes the form of a staph infection most of the time, but it can get inside the body and infect other things. Hmm. And the worst is when it becomes a blood infection. And it's a, um, when it becomes a blood infection, it can be fatal. And it, it happens to people who are, who, who are, uh, uh, have a, have a compromised immune system. So it's kind of like AIDS in that way. And, uh, so if you're in the hospital and you have an operation and you already have an infection or, you know, you've been opened up and, for whatever reason, you can get this. That's why so many people in the hospital get it. Hmm. Uh, and she she was telling me one night about a lady who bled out. Oh, in other words, yeah. all her blood just came out of her body through every orifice, including the pores and the skin. Sounded pretty... Uh, it sounds like Ebola almost. Wow. Uh, it kind of is, um, because that happens to the Ebola patients, too. Yeah. But uh-huh. that's... that's that's when it becomes a a a, a blood infection. It, it doesn't always become a blood infection. It takes different forms. So it could take the form of an intestinal disease, but it's not likely to. And it certainly is not likely to be carried on trucks uh, leaking... Uh, <laughs> le- <laughs> uh, leaking feces, fecal matter all over the place. Yeah, yeah, so once again, Paula, with her mixed uh, information, sometimes she has a fact or two, and the rest of it is just nonsense. And so, yeah, right. I'm, I am looking at a uh, another definition here, according to the Mayo Clinic. It does say that they start as small red bumps that resemble pimples, boils, or spider bites. They can quickly turn into deep, painful abscesses that require surgical draining. Sometimes Yay, the ba- surgical draining. Sometimes the bacteria remain confined to the skin, but they can also penetrate into the body, causing potentially life-threatening infections in bones, joints, surgical wounds, the bloodstream, heart valves, and lungs. So quite a nasty right. little uh, disease there. Yes, wow. it can get anywhere, and... Um the, the other scary one, it's also, it's um, it's resistant to antibiotics. Oh, and the other scary thing that um, my ex had to deal with when she was on that floor were uh, tuberculosis patients who were um, drug resistant. Uh, resistant to an- antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, TBs, uh, there's certainly forms, of, uh, strains of TB out there that are uh, um, drug resistant, and that's bad, bad news. Right, and one time she came home. Uh, in in the morning, she worked the night shift, and she comes home in the morning before I go to work. And she explained to me she had been working with a TB patient all night, 
and nobody had told her. She didn't oh, God, know, so man. she didn't suit up. And it kind of upset me, too. Yeah, did she, she kiss you for, did she kiss you to, uh, goodbye when you went to work? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, if she had caught it, I could have caught it. And kids, more importantly, the kids could have caught it. And then and, they'd be taking you know, it to school. You'd lose your kids. You'd lose your wife. Yeah. Wow. I'm glad you called to uh, to clear that up because uh, it, it definitely helped. I did not, apparently not, did not read far enough in the description of the uh, the MRSA, so I'm glad you called in on that. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Have a good night. Appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, thanks, Matt. 800-259-9231. But Paula still was a little bit off on what she was saying about it. In fact, maybe a lot off. Paula's got these instincts. I don't know what it is. And did they say where this MRSA stuff comes from? I have no idea. Didn't she? I mean, she was saying it was coming off of trucks and stuff. But yeah, well, uh, that's where she was way off. Yeah, you know, so it's a staph infection. That, that is nasty. We continue with Nick in Kentucky. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Nick. What's up? Hey, what's on your mind, Nick? Well, I was going to talk about my uh, military venture in Iraq. I just got back from that, and uh, I was a podcast listener back uh, before I left about five, about six months ago, and. Uh, you know, it wasn't able to call in or listen to the show while I was over there, so I had to catch up a lot on podcasts. Anyway, I'll say a couple things. One, I've been a huge, you know, advocate. You know, Free Talk Live is opening my eyes, you know, about six, seven, eight months ago I started listening, and it's been like a fire. You know, this this freedom, this idea of freedom of liberty, you know, that honestly I never even knew what liberty mean. I mean, I looked up the definition and thought, wow. Freedom from control. I mean, wow, that, that's that's a concept, you know. And uh, and so it just it just blew up. And so I talk to my friends constantly now. I'm uh, I'm you know I'm getting as many books as I can. You know, I'm I'm listening to Free Talk Live. I'm taking as many things as I can. Uh, talking about the Free State Project to other people. Great. Um, and uh, and then what happened was is I just wanted to share the other night. Um, I was talking with a friend uh, who was uh, we were talking about. Um, Checkpoints and um, and other things like that, police checkpoints, some other things about the laws and how ridiculous it is. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, I live in a small town in Kentucky. Um, I come, my wife and I, we come back down the road, and I've only been in like one or two checkpoints. Well, it just so happened that night after I'm talking this whole thing about freedom and everything else, I get to a checkpoint. I want you to continue your story here in a moment. Hang on, Nick. We're going to bring you back, tell the rest of the story about the checkpoints. 800-259-9231. Nick has been infected with the Liberty Bug. (laughs) It is a positive, happy kind of bug that you definitely want to uh, continue on. You don't want to stop it. In fact, it's hard to. More coming up. You can take control. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are free, including live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version as well. Both are free for you, so enjoy them on us at freetalklive.com. Do you want to easily update the look of those old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, innerknobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's innerknobs.com, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. Or see their banner at uh, freetalklive.com. 
1-800-259-9231. Back to Nick in Kentucky. Nick, who just returned from Iraq, a uh, listener to the program, and you got hooked on this Liberty message. Pretty, uh, It's pretty addictive, and you've been feeding your addiction as much as possible. And uh, after you were having a discussion with, I, I believe you said it was your, your wife or girlfriend, uh, about checkpoints, you ran into one. Go ahead yeah, with your story. Is, and and, uh, and basically, um, I, I really wanted to, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a fighter and a, uh, not a fighter, but I mean physically, but fighter, uh, mentally, emotionally, anyway, um, and also anti-authoritarian since I, you know, was in school. And I have a T-shirt that says, question authority, you know. Just yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it has to be tough to be an anti-authoritarian in the military. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the funny thing about it is I started my call when they when the screener asked me, I said, yeah, I want to talk about military and about all these experiences, but, you know, I just, I, I know I can call in plenty of times to tell you plenty of other military stories, um, because I got in so much trouble. Like, for instance, I'll sidetrack really quickly, but basically I had a guy, you know, stand up, and we got in this conversation um, about something I was doing on my personal time uh, after work or whatever, even though, you know, military, you're 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um but I was doing something he didn't like. Well, he addressed it about it and uh, got a little mad, and I said, look, this is ridiculous. So he ended up uh, saying, you, you know what? You will respect me because I outrank you. I can make you stand to attention right now. And I just looked at him kind of was like, uh, you, you can physically make me? I'd like to see that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you don't do that in the military. So anyway, long story short, he's like, you know, do you, res- you have to respect me as your um, – Whatever, and he's like screaming these obscenities and yelling in my face. And I said, I don't respect someone who's who's treating me like a child and, and nice. yelling in my face. Wow. And wow. I actually got paperwork for that. I bet like you it did. Says, right in the right in the paperwork, the letter of reprimand. It says says that I will not respect for someone who is yelling at me and treating <laughs> me like a child. And it's funny too because whenever I went to sign, they said, uh, "Well, here you need to sign this acknowledging that we gave it to you." And I said, "Well, I'm not signing it." Really? Well, no, you have to. Yeah, right. and they said, no, 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 you don't understand. You have to. Or else? Well, what, well, what do you mean I have to? I mean, you're going to find it? <laughs> what a resistor. Anyway, Way to go. What did you, What ended up happening yeah. with that? Well, actually, I ended up finding it. Now, the only reason is, is because, obviously, they owe me. I'm in Iraq. Right. Um, and, and the only reason I signed it, too, is because they got about three other people involved, and it was a big thing. So I wow. I kind of said, okay, yeah. whatever. Well, at, at the very least, you find out how far they're willing to go. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I, I think and that's, that's worth something. That's We're going to kick just... you out if you don't sign it. All righty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, what are you going to do? What's the worst you can do? Just send me home from Iraq? I mean, right. that's great. So, um, but anyway. So... Abu Ghraib is the worst they can do to you. That's true. Yeah, that's why. And even my wife said, you know, just be good and, and get out of there because I'm, they could, like, lock you up and send you somewhere. Hey, I yeah, understand, man. I, there, there's something to be said for, you know, flying under the radar for a certain period of time until you're ready to, you know, stand out in the open and, and, and stand up for liberty. Yeah. So get, let's get back to your checkpoint story. Yeah, so anyway, I was at the uh, checkpoint, and I've really never been through a checkpoint myself as an adult, you know, having to go through and do all that. Was it a DUI um, checkpoint? You know, I really don't know because, I mean, when I pulled up, they just – the cop asked me for my driver's license. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that it was. You know, they were just trying to catch something out of the ordinary. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and so what happened was is I really wanted to fight. Like, I really wanted to say something and want to do something. But because he just asked the simple question, can I see your driver's license? And knowing that I have my driver's license because I'm driving, I'm like – I just gave it to him. And sure. he was like – Thank you, sir. Have a nice evening. Yeah, that, and I just turned my head and drove off and like, mm. oh, I was so irritated, you know. And uh, the same thing happened like, to yeah, me. If I was a passenger, I wouldn't have given it to you, you know. 
Yeah, recently the same thing happened to me um, when I was down in Florida. They, you know, I, I get, I'm going to assume since it was about ten o'clock at night that it was a DUI checkpoint. Mm. Um, yeah, it was like eleven o'clock. Some. Yeah, and and yeah. you know they they take the driver's license basically so they can interact with you and see how your eyes look and you know whether you right. look drunk or smell drunk or whatever I guess. And uh, if if you you know if you got long hair and a beat up car, they're going to have you pull over, uh, um, or driving while black or or one of those things. But if if everything seems <laughs> fine, then they'll just go ahead and let you pass on through. And there's really nothing you can say about it. You need to have a driver's license to drive. They ask for the driver's license. That's it. Ta da. Yeah, exactly. And that's the only that's really the only reason I I, I did as as much as I did. I, mean, I just said okay, whatever. Uh, but then the thing, the other thing that bothered me. Besides that, it's a you know it's unconstitutional. You know, um, the fact is that I you know there was a there was a state police. It was the state police who was uh, who was taking my driver's license. In that town, there's the sheriff, the city police, which is a joke because it's only like I don't know thousand people in this town. It's a tiny little town. Okay. And then there's the state police who hang out. So. <laughs> <laughs> There's like all these police around, and it's horrible. It makes me uneasy. Well, Americans, you know? some Americans just can never have enough police around, especially the police and the government bureaucracies. Uh, they're always agitating for more cars, more cops, uh, more enforcement. We need to have more cops. Especially in this time of terrorism. You know, we were talking about this idea where on the 21st, you're going to have to have valid ID to be able to get on a plane yeah. and, and so on and so forth. And uh, Whitney and I were talking about it, and I said, you know, it would be great if we could inspire people all around the country. Country on the same day to, for example, in New Hampshire, we'd get 20, 25 people to all buy tickets for one particular flight. We all line up. None of us have IDs. And it would be great. <laughs> and we all around the country and it would just t- cause log jams. But then I thought, you know what? The average American out there, they see it. And the knee jerk reaction is they see those jackbooted guys in the, in the airports and they represent safety to them. Right. And yeah. And we you guys would be troublemakers. Dangerous. You'd right. be a troublemaker. Well, well it's kind of like what I said to my friend uh, that I was having a conversation with is, I have another thing going against me, and I don't mean that in, in the worst way about my religion, but I'm a Christian. Mm. And what I mean by that is I have it against me is because I stand out against the government and the drug war and things like that. And people look at me and say, oh, you're a Christian. Well, what does that have to do with having freedom? Isn't that the point? Like, what if what if the, enough people, let's say 51% of the people, said, you know, we don't want uh, you to be able to practice your religion in this state? Right. Well, I mean, what are you going to do? You see, so that people don't understand the point is that it's it's what you want to do to be left alone and do what you want to do. Well, Absolutely, those, those don't force your are, on some or your opinions on someone else. Those people are um, simpletons that are going after your religion because they don't like your religion, or they are going after your actions because they don't like your actions, and that's the best thing I can come up with. Um, so you know, the, the crap that they say doesn't really matter. You know, I would suggest I don't know if you, I'm sure you're already considering uh, the Free State Project, but. But up here, it's a different situation. Uh, when there's a checkpoint, someone dials up to Porcupine 411, and this uh, automated system takes a recording of what they say, and it shoots it out to hundreds of email addresses so people can actually know in advance, presuming they're in their email box. And actually, yeah, I believe actually, they've got voicemail. Uh, I think they have voicemail delivery now. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, you, you find out these things in advance, and there have been times when the activists have actually gone down to the checkpoints on purpose. Uh, so, you know, to, to I guess to 
you know, let them know that we're watching and we're paying attention. Uh, so here, you, you know, when you're surrounded by like-minded people and you you know that there are a group of activists out there that'll support you, it becomes a little bit easier to uh, to have a little bit of courage and to maybe say no to the cops. Not just not just in that particular instance, but just in general. And it really does change the way uh, these interactions are going to play out. I think. Well, I think that there's the right time and the wrong time to screw with the authorities. Personally, yeah. I think that um, you can do harm to the liberty movement by doing it at the wrong time. Um, because if you if you create a situation where the vast majority of people see it and they're like, oh, shut up and let's go, um, you know, I don't, yeah, I don't think you, that, that you do much of a service. Town. Say what? I said, yeah, I'm going to call that line in that little town, you know, to grow. It's only a little two-lane road in this little town and there's people backed up as it is. Right. You I know, think if a cop asks you something unconstitutional, you should ask him questions. But when it comes to a driver's license... What are you going to do? Yeah, you know? it, it yeah, exactly. is tricky. You know, uh, I mean, you look at us here. I don't know. I was thinking about this before George Carlin died. And I thought about it a little more today. You know, even even here on broadcast radio, we have to make concessions in order to get the word out. And, you know, in order not to be thrown off the air or have the stations fined, um, we got to be careful about what we say. I think there's one thing to say for, I mean, you don't want to get in people's way necessarily, but at the same time, saying no is something that we're going to end up having to do at some point. Thanks for the call, Nick. Certainly appreciate hearing from you. More coming up. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we continue with the phone calls. Ladies first to Betty in North Carolina. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Betty. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, I wanted to call and share with you about that uh, MRSA or staphylococci. In the early 70s, I was working in a mental hospital as Mm -hmm. an aide. And we had a patient there who had uh, an open wound, and nobody knew she had staff. And I got, like, her bed sheets and that off her bed to change it for her. Great. And next thing I know, here I got it on my left ankle. Gosh, yikes. It was like a bite or something. It felt like a mosquito bite or something, and, and it was itching and itching and itching, and I scratched it. Next thing I know, it, a couple of days later, turned the center of it turned black. I went to the doctors, and he told me I had staph, and they ended up giving me antibiotics, and I had to soak it in warm, soapy water. And I called in, and I had to be off of work. And wow. uh, they told me if I didn't get back to work, they were going to fire me. <laughs> so I said, well, I can't go back until I'm released. And then it finally went away. But when I went back and looked in her church, it, it, sure enough, it said she had staph, and they tried to cover it up. Mm. Mm. Wow, that's awful. Yeah, so it is. Contagious, but thank God I don't have nothing like that anymore. Yeah, you took care of it, and that's good news. So it is curable, so that's a that's a good thing, I guess. Thank yeah. you for your call tonight. I'm glad you uh, told the story, and we appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. I got a scar on my hand from getting bit by a hamster when I was eight. It hurt. Let's continue <laughs> and talk to, I believe, uh, bro- oh, excuse me, let's go to Mike in Montana listening on KGEZ. Hello, Mike. Hey, how you doing tonight? Great, Mike, Very what's good. on your mind? Well, anyways, about checkpoints. Now, looking at it from a military strategy, it just makes sense to set up a checkpoint on a road. Everybody going down that road has to stop. You get to inspect them. You get to go through their vehicles. 
you make sure that they got their driver's license and stuff. But when it comes down to, like, civil liberties, whoa, there's a checkpoint right there. Uh, just checkpoints alone um, don't constitute any logic at all if you're going to live in a free uh, society governed by the principles that we have in our Constitution, in our Bill of Rights, in in our form of government, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I'm yeah. with you, man. It's, it's a police state The thing. only way that checkpoints came about was through 200 and something years of just the Constitution being eroded away. The, the, the government doesn't have any business owning the roads, but since it does effectively have ownership or the very least uh, control of the roads, then it needs to be able to control the roads and the way that it gets goes one of the ways that it can go about doing that is having checkpoints so it's a uh, you know it's it's like linkedin down you know three 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 ways three degrees and uh well it's just I'll a mess give you an example um during the civil war they had a checkpoint that my great 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 uncle um went through with with his with his brother which was my great great grandfather mm-hmm. and um the union soldiers stopped them and they had the women hidden in the back of the ox cart underneath hay because there was um, incidences where Union soldiers were raping mm-hmm. Southern women. Mm-hmm. And oh boy. they were 14 and, and 12 years old. And um, they took their sabers and started stabbing in the hay. And, oh. and my grandfather said, wait, stop doing that. And they said, Jeez. why? You got family in there? And they said, yes, sir, we got family in there. And uh, they went to slap the, slap the boys with the swords, and they deafened uh, my great-great-uncle, and that was a checkpoint. Wow. wow. So, they slapped wow. him, like, on the side with, of the head with, with the, the flat of the sword. So, okay. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and the same thing happened to uh, um, one of our presidents, Andrew Jackson, by British soldiers during the uh, uh, Revolutionary War. So that's been a story carried down in our family that we've always um, remembered um, from generation to generation at checkpoints are not a good thing but a bad thing. Of now, course. The soldiers were trying to stop Confederate soldiers that were escaping from the... Uh, the well, there's always Atlanta. an excuse. I Union mean, the, good, right, Confederacy the, bad. The state, the state people will always, the government people will always have an excuse for a checkpoint. I mean, it's DUI. It started with DUIs, and uh, they managed to pull it off a few times for drugs, I'm sure. Uh, and then, of course, now it's the immigrant thing. In Washington D.C., they're doing it if you just don't have a good reason to be an anarchist. Right, right, yeah, they've shut now, down an entire now, isn't neighborhood. That, isn't that, Incredible. Isn't that an interesting thing about illegal immigration? Now, I heard somebody say. Um, you know, immigrants have made this country great. Y- y- yes, you-, you are right. But um, what if somebody came in to do your job for so much less? Like up here locally, we have about, you know, I live in a small community. This may sound like really small to a lot of listeners. But we have about 1,200 Mexicans and Guatemalans and Hondurans coming up here doing um, skilled labor jobs. And, they're, mm-hmm. and they do it good. Oh, yeah. Talk about rock. Hell yeah, they do. That, I mean, what I what would I do? Of, well, I'd have to they're, find they're another getting, gig. They're getting paid. They're getting paid ten bucks an hour. Yeah, if I wasn't okay. willing to compete, that is, if I wasn't willing to drop my rate, and if I wasn't that much better, then I'd, I'd either have to drop my rate or I'd have to go find something else to do. Well, I didn't want to get into this argument. What I'm saying is, is that, um, it, okay, I'll open it up just a tiny bit. <laughs> uh, ten bucks an hour is a lot more than a guy slapping hamburgers down at McDonald's. 
a bit but more. But when it comes to a skilled job, it's a lot less. It's cheap. When yeah. thirty dollars is the wage. Yep. Now, if you want everybody in America to work for four bucks an hour, but that's when the, but that's where you're that's, that's where you stop. That's bread and milk on see the this table. is this is the thing. I I I, I respect your your calling in and being interested in this, but you know um, this is where people go astray. First, you make the mistake of saying everybody in America is going to be working for four dollars an hour, and so on and so forth. Uh, if if you can get something for four dollars for an hour and your costs go down, you're going to have a lot more money left over. Why not have people working for four dollars an hour for the things well, that let, people let, will let only me, pay four dollars an hour to buy? Let me and then they'll have money again. left over. We're talking about one of the premier trades here in Montana, rock work. We got Hollywood stars that are making one hundred, two hundred million dollars a year. We got executives coming up here that are making billion dollars a year building homes up in a, a city called Whitefish. And they're having illegal immigrants and um, legal visa holders coming up from Mexico doing work for 10 bucks an hour. These Montanans up here um, would make 25, 30 bucks an hour if they could get that job. These hey, man, but, but there's, there's no guarantee that they would pay. Pay. There's, there's no guarantee that they would get the work. That's like saying, well, you know, no, people are... Would, they, oh, wait, somebody, wait, 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 before you go on. It's like saying that, you know, they're selling Hondas for $20,000 a piece. If we could sell them for $40,000 a piece, then we'd make this much more. But you don't know how many Hondas well, then, you'd then, sell then, at $40,000. Really, the fact talk, is, the about, fact is, before you talk, go on, before you go on, let me finish this. People's jobs change over time. On the table. We're talking about feeding kids. We're talking about buying. Hey, kids. dude! Dude, everybody who's got a product right. feeds their kids. Right back to Guatemala. Uh, wait, 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 wait! The Guatemalans have kids. The people at Walmart have kids. Everybody has kids, man. Right. You it, can't yeah. drag kids into this. The fact is, the blacksmiths had kids, but people started buying cars, and nobody wanted to shoe their horses anymore. Do you think we should go back to blacksmiths' time? Th- th- things change, man. Right. right. Look, hey, okay. I wish now we had you, more you, time you, for this, Mike, and I wish you know maybe you could call second, in tomorrow. I understand you got another point, but I would love to have more time to discuss this with you. Unfortunately, we're very short on time tonight. Go ahead and make a quick point, and then we're going to have to move on. Mike? Oh, shoot. Oh, I, oh, I didn't drop the call. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he uh, hung up there or whatever. But, but you're definitely be, open to talking to we, Mike again. Yeah, we do good, invite you to call back on that issue because it's an important issue. I mean, the fact is... Things change over time, and I love how you brought up the blacksmith uh, idea, Mark. I mean, as for, here's another example, maybe more recent times uh, of a, of a service that's actually still in uh, demand. IT, the IT guys. Absolutely. Back in the late 1990s, there was this big boom, and every you know everybody of the younger generation said, "Hey, we got to get on this IT bandwagon." Everybody wants to. You know, IT guys are making buku bucks. Yep. You know, it's sitting around in office. They're making all kinds of money. I've got to get into this. So what happened? A whole bunch of people got into the IT business. Some of them, maybe they were immigrants. Some of them not. Probably mostly just Americans jumped into the IT business. They all went and they got themselves certified so they could be as competitive as possible. And the fact is, a bunch of people jumping into that business brought wages down. Right. They but you can't. I mean, it's so competitive now. No one wants to be an IT labor anymore. Labor is just a commodity. You you are right. the uh, you are the monopoly holder of your labor. And if you happen to be a bricklayer, that's because you decided to be a bricklayer. And There's nothing saying that you can't go out and learn some other job later. And you know, it's interesting how uh, and I this used is to no roof slight, houses. This is no slight against uh, against anybody who has these sorts of feelings. But uh, there's a pattern. Uh, a friend of mine worked in uh, computers, and he said, "Well, yeah, it's fine to bring in you know low wage people." to work in manual labor, but not in my field. 
Uh, yeah, right. because, well, what would happen? So it gets very personal. It gets very close. They all want they... protectionism. In, yeah, in yeah, their yeah own that's field. what it is. Right. They want to use, they want to keep the government out of other things. But, right. But when it comes to my job and my career, look, we need guys in the borders with uh, IR tracking machine guns. We need border ninjas. We need to kill those Mexicans and, and when they right. try to come that's, across here that's and take where it, my job. That's where it goes. And, of course, on, on the, the less oppressive side, we need to try to drive home that lesson in economics, which is, it's not that we need to continue paying these guys so they can pay their kids and so on. What you're going to be doing is forcing the customer to have to pay more than they should. We will see you tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You want to continue this conversation? Call us tomorrow. More on the way, freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized the contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.